Welcome to the One Salty Great Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all those salty topics that people don't want to discuss. I'm your host, Ro. And I'm Phil. And we hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the One Salty Great Podcast. I'm your host, Ro. And I'm Phil. And today we are joined by Louis. So Louis is the creator of date crate so louis do you want to introduce yourself tell us a bit about yourself yeah cheers mate um yeah cheers for having me on i'm louis i'm just a regular guy really just trying to um bring something to the dating scene uh, i run a i run a business called the date crate we cater to uh stay at home dates very topical for the old lockdown scene um so you know we're, we're the generation of sort of netflix and staying in so um we we, we sort you out yeah so make sure you guys have a look and go check them out. Go get a date crate. They are they're pretty sick, to be fair. And I think some other big things are coming in the pipeline. So keep an eye on them. But today we are going to talk about a variety of different things. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about the date crate, but we're also going to talk about things like toxic masculinity, which is quite a topical one at the moment. There's a lot of stuff going around. And it's one that, again, people don't usually talk about. So, to kick us off, um, Louis, we're going to go straight to you. We're going to throw you straight in the deep end. Yeah, I'm ready, what is, <laughs> what is What is your definition of toxic masculinity and how do you see it in our, our environment? Because we're all local to Southampton. How do, so, you, how do you see it here? Yeah, toxic mas- masculinity is... I, I think masculinity and toxic ma- masculinity are really similar. And I think that's that's where sort of the problem where with with how people view it lies. Um, masculinity is sort of the, the essence of being a man. Toxic masculinity is um, using that sort of you, you get tied up in things like your ego and uh, lad culture, um, and is is where is where you can sort of um, mis mistreat, marginalise, objectify women, and. Uh, yeah, that's that's not very good. I think it's a good place to start, though, because where you've said that as well, that's the way you've described it as the sort of definition as such. Um, I would also not say... I would also agree, but I'd also say there's an aspect of being too alpha, even amongst your own friends, even if they are male. Um, so I don't know if you've seen, um, but there's every group has that, like every group has like the one person gets picked on all the time, don't they? And there's always that one head of the group really who instigates the joke or starts to divert the attention or starts to rip into someone, don't they? The the big dog. Yeah. And to a degree, I would also say that is a part of toxic masculinity to, to some sort of degree. Or, or, or is it, as some people say, lads, lads will be lads, isn't it? Lads, lads, lads. But that's the thing. Where do you then... Where where's the line? Where would you plant a line as to a, being a lad, as you say, and then being toxic? Because there there is various different traits that you can attribute to being toxic, can't you? So you've not only got the objectifying and marginalising women, you've got the roasting of people, and then you've also just got the way they act and their their egos, like. Louis just said I think I don't know man I think like you get that from 
I guess it depends on what you want in society. If you want to be like popular, or if you want to like hang out with the with the cool kids, it usually comes like um, hand in hand, right? Like that's that's what I've noticed anyway. Like going through school and shit like that. That when when you become part of this group, mm-hmm. and even if you've got a um, even if you've got a good kind of moral ethical outlook on life, you find that once you join these groups, your thoughts and uh, your behaviors soon pretty line up with. You know, uh, like you said, the alpha dog, just so that you fit in or you don't become marginalized. Um, sometimes people have like a tough, tough time with that thinking, like you know, morally, like, I don't stand with this. But on a, on another, on another sense, like, I want to fit in with the boys, isn't it? So I'll, I'll, I'll just do it for now. Um, it's that social science, isn't it? It's just, uh, social pressure, and I don't know. I, I guess it's a maturity thing as well. I think after a while, because a lot, a lot of guys I'm, I've known. Um, going to school you know what you would call like dickheads or kind of yobos or whatever like when you bump into them 10 years later they're like oh you know what? I've, I've changed my ways that's, that's not me anymore and you know i was a dickhead back then but you know etc etc so uh, i think it's uh, a thing a lot of people go through just to fit in and then after a while they kind of you know get their head clear or whatever and, and, and mature a little bit I, you know very rarely you find find it with like uh people in their mid 30s or 40s I don't, I, maybe you do i don't know i guess it's the circles that you're running right you still see them sort of our beef uh lads in their 30s and 40s getting on a bit you know like wayne lineker great example he's, he's still very That's much yeah. still a, a lad <laughs> and he's, he's getting on a bit now yeah yeah that's obviously i'm i'm pretty sure it's probably funded part by his uh his uh um, bro in it um Mr. Gary Lineker, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, you have those people that just kind of, I guess, some people will mature and some people will just kind of carry on with that kind of life. But I don't, I don't know. Have you, have you boys, were you boys ever part of the kind of the loof crew or the or the Ibiza crew? Like a lab. I'm going to leave you. That's, I'm going to go straight to you on that one. <laughs> I, I wouldn't really say only Ibiza crew. I, w- I would love to go Ibiza to be honest. But um, now I, I think I think that that type of that type of bloke is a. Uh, not not really my sort of my sort of guy to be around. It is definitely the, the sort of whole toxic thing of you know lads 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 banter. It's, uh, you you just mentioned a thing about like roasting as well. Like that's 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 something that probably mo- most most blokes do in their own social groups. But as soon as you start being like nasty to other people, that's where you got to draw the line. Because I think um, like banter and, and and sort of humour is very subjective. So. Um, yeah, that's, I, that's I, probably how you can tie it back into like the the whole toxic masculinity thing is where where you start being less individual with it and, and keeping it inside your own uh, own sort of groups is where the, the, where there's a problem. Yeah, then absolutely. then you start asking, are you saying the wrong things within your group anyway? You know, where's where's the line? Yeah, that's the thing because it sort of it sort of ties into the whole idea that of free of free speech in essence really because effectively if you were to say like what 10 years ago you could you could roast your group as much as you wanted within fine with broader um lines couldn't you because there, there wasn't as such that snowflake generation that people refer to it as now there's a lot more people who will hold you accountable to what you say now but i don't know it as to whether and this is why i want your both opinions would you say that, like Phil said, is it a generational thing or is it that now people have 
the facilities to hold people accountable so they can go on. If someone says something stupid on Twitter, for example, or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, they, ha- they have the platform that openly people will call them out and therefore hold them accountable to what they say. Is, that, is, is the reason for this purely due to the technology or is it an age thing? To, to be honest, whatever it is, it's a good thing. Uh, I just um, remember, do you remember that Warwick group chat where they they, they were still that was crazy to me. They were saying some some pretty outrageous things on on women and 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 rape and things within their own sort of social group chat. I I don't know if you 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 read about it or heard about it. On the yeah, news. sure, I remember this. It's but, the University of Warwick, like, yeah, uh, student. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they they sort of got outed on social media, and and I, I I think they got they all got banned from the uni or suspended or something. And and you think, yeah, it was in their group chat, yeah, whatever. But you shouldn't have been saying them things in the first place. At the end of the day, like, well, that, that's that's just my opinion on what sort of banter is. Like, some some of the things they were saying was pre- pretty disgusting. You know, I think we can all agree whether it's sort of the the influence of technology and and now we can sort of out people on social media and help bring these things to light. You know, that, that's I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it makes you wonder, right? Like, you know, you know, all these uh, Premier League football teams, they've, you know, through the Peter Crouch podcast, you find out stuff like they have their own like WhatsApp groups and things like that. You, you can imagine, like, you know, the type of banter that they have on there, like they probably share some like controversial memes and, and things like that. Like it happens, like everyone does it, you know, um, you know, obviously that's saying stuff like, you know, abusing women is obviously a bit, bit you know that's the extreme end of things not saying it's um good to do that either but you know you're kind of happy medium level banter that everyone does and um it, like everyone does it but like, like rose says now like because we're at a stage where on a you can track back eight years on someone's twitter post and they said something that was not acceptable um kind of well it's not the fact that it wasn't acceptable it's weird it's just like um you, you guys heard of that uh, u.s talk show host jay leno he did. Um, no. Yeah. Okay. He's like he's like a famous uh, talk show, late night talk show host, and um, he um, put out a tweet like years and years ago, or it was to do with the show that he used to run, and he basically took the piss out of um, um, kind of people from the far east and saying that their diet mainly consists of cats and dogs and things like that. And um, it's like eight years on, and you know he had to kind of apologize for something that he did like seven eight years ago. And I I just think like it takes um it takes like the the value out of comedy because you know like, most comedians they take the piss out of stereotypes, um so there's this, this um Canadian Indian Canadian um, comedian called Russell Peters and he takes the piss out of every kind of Asian group he takes the piss out of blacks and you know all with like kind of good banter and he just takes the piss out of stereotypes. And it will get to a point one day where people are like, oh, you, you can't say that about these people and that people. And then eventually there'll be no, no such thing as comedy. And it, it just, I don't know, I guess there's a, the, there's a, there, is, there is a fine line between, you know, like um, t- taking the piss and banter and then, you know, g- going over and um, kind of really hurting someone's feelings and sentiment. Um, but it's, it's, I, I personally think maybe it's a generational uh, thing. Yeah, because then there is, like you say, there's obviously that banter element to it. Then, again, it 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 doesn't. I would say ultimately it would depend on the intent. But like we've said about that Warwick group chat thing, 
the intent was a joke, but that's still not acceptable. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think there's there's one side saying it, it's just a joke, and to be honest, I, I, I maybe I'm just a trusting person, but I I, I don't think, or I give them the benefit of the doubt, as in I don't think they had the intent to go out and say rape or sexually assault a girl, but it's the fact that they was talking yeah. about it so freely, and like they 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 didn't give a they didn't really care what they were saying within their social circle. And and, and clear, clearly, it's, it's, it's rightly so that some, someone sort of got really upset by that and spread it on social media and then the rest is history. But yeah, de- definitely a generational thing. I mean, we, we've grown up with things like Lad Bible. and um, That's very, and yeah. I, 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 was, I, I think I was reading something on Twitter. If if um, if you're in a relationship and, and you do something nice for, for, for your girlfriend, we, we've grown up with you doing the whipping sounds and like it's, it's moist and like, you know, we. I think. I think it's definitely our generation where we have grown up, especially young men, have grown up with um, this this sort of climate of, you know, take, taking the piss too freely. I, I think de- definitely um, hate, hating on women, marginalising women, um, and it, even if you don't think you've got a part to play, it's definitely sort of the sort of climate around us. And it's only when you sort of start growing up and and you realise what you're reading on Lad Bible and you're doing that in school isn't really acceptable to always... Yes, it's not acceptable in, in, in the in the larger perspective. When you start thinking, hang about, we've been sort of teaching our kids wrong. Do you know what I mean? 100%. I was going to say, do you guys still follow Lad Bible? No. No. Nah, <laughs> I, I, I've stopped following Lad Bible, Sports Bible, uh, all these uh, Bible um, pages on Instagram. I just feel I, I just feel like they just um, sometimes they, they just post stuff up without any context, and it's, it's all clickbait. And they just want you to read their stories and get more followers, etc. And um, I just don't think there's any kind of merit to my life with any posts that they put up. Um, but yeah. I guess I was following them and, you know, you, you find some, you know, you find a bit of relation between some of the posts that they put up, like stuff like, oh, I remember when you were a kid and, you know, in the summer holidays, you'll go out at eight o'clock in the morning and you won't come back till, you know, six. And the generation now, they just, you know, stuck to the iPads and, and things like that. So, it, I mean, they put up kind of nostalgic things that you can kind of, um, you know, relate to, but then it's started getting ridiculous and they started regurgitating old crap and, then they started putting up some meaningless stuff. Then I just thought, you know what, I'm I'm at a stage where I just don't really need this anymore in my in my feed. So I started unfollowing all those type of pages. Um, just follow like fitness pages now. Um, I, I guess you could add that's probably another type of uh, toxic masculinity, right? All these kind of fitness pages saying uh, you need this type of bod to be kind of cool and things like that. It's funny you say that because I was actually going to go straight on to that as the next topic. <laughs> So that was, a, that was a good little slide in there. Um, yeah, because I recently actually um, went through and unfollowed every meaningless fitness account that I follow for that exact reason. Because it's what it does is not only from that toxic side, it, it just forces that image upon you, doesn't it? And it says, right. We're, we're all people who go to the gym here, so we all know exactly what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how we're doing it. Whereas you go, you, every time you go on there, um, all you see is people saying, oh, do this, do this, do this, do that. And half of it's a load of waffle. 
and it's just their way of trying to get obviously their clickbait, their views. But they're what they're still doing is they're still promoting that that image that you have to look like this, you have to look like that. Otherwise, you're wasting your time at the gym. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I, I was chatting to um, Mustafa earlier today, and he basically put it in real good context. He was saying that you know, majority of these fitness people with good bods, etc., they might have great genetics, they might be on gear. Who, who knows? But like, they probably make up less than a percent or less than that of, of the world's population, but they can make up a majority of your um, followers, uh, sorry, the people that you're following on Instagram. So all you see is these guys are like great bods or what you consider great bods. And then it gets into your mind. You look at your body, you think, oh, you know, I look really shit compared to this. And then um, it makes you feel down about yourself. And, you know, th- this hooks back up to our um, uh, th- that episode we did on social media and how it kind of affects your mental health. Um, yeah. I, I just have to say to people listening, like, you know, you have to do what's kind of best for you. Uh, these dudes, you don't know, like, the, if they've got personal chefs, dietitians, if they're on gear, or if they're just naturally uh, gifted, uh, filters, airbrush, Photoshop. Yeah, people don't consider all this stuff. You know, I have this guy that's saying to me that um, I want a bod like Ronaldo. And I said, well, you, be- you better start running every single day. You better hire yourself a personal chef. You better get a diet plan. Um, you better get someone to tell you what you're going to eat every day. You know, you got you got to get yourself a gym that's going to follow you everywhere you go around the world. So people don't put it in context. Um, and, and I think that has a massive um, kind of effect on people's like mental health. And then it can it can it can turn them pretty um, uh, toxic in a way. Roll credits. I think just to jump in on, on, on that as well. Um, if, if you're connecting like how, how we how we sort of idolize these big fitness influences and things, we've got these massive bodies and things. That really is on on the on the one extreme. You know, you, you can tie that into having an ego, and that 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 is, that is one of the worst things to to sort of have. Um, and that when when we're sort of idolising that type of person, you've got a question like, are the people I'm following the right people to be, like you know, like looking up to? And yeah, that's that's the thing I'd say because if you when you think about it in the broader context like Phil said the, the new generation is obviously going to grow up on their social medias Instagram being one of them who they follow they're going to be following the likes of Ronaldo and then if they're looking at bodybuilding they're going to be following Steve Cooks the Christian Guzman's everyone like that they they're obviously known what they put out is one thing but who they actually are is another thing so in terms of growing up with that ego they're going to think that's the social norm and that then sort of, in my opinion anyway, um, sort of brings upon this idea of toxic masculinity because, like you say, ego is a massive thing and a part of it. And I think as you grow older, you sort of mature and you realise maybe that's not how to be. And because I don't know about you guys, but obviously, Bill, you're older than us. In terms of your upbringing you'd have obviously been told um, how to act and things like that. But now a lot, of, a lot of the time these days, people don't get told they, that stuff. They get, they get this sort of information from social media. Yeah, I, I, I'm, and, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure, obviously. Like, I've never really been part of that quote-unquote lad group thing, I guess. Like, uh, I've, I've always kind of been different in my approach like growing up. 
I always had a kind of awareness for it. There's always this that kind of um, group at school or college or whatever. Um, but you know, when when your old man puts a fear of God in you with like uh, beat downs, um, and again, that's another generational thing. Like parents used to like discipline. Um, you know, especially I guess from my generation and older. I don't think they do it nowadays. Obviously, it's, I think it's illegal now to hit, hit your child. <laughs> But I think, like, um, whenever we used to go around people's houses or we would go to, like, an event or a function, like, my, my dad made sure, made sure that we were on our best behavior. And if we stepped out of line, it would be, like, a bollocking or, a, or, um, or like, you know, I'll, I'll take your PlayStation away or something like that. But anything kind of, I guess, serious, it, it would have been the, 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 the back of the hand, you know. <laughs> we always used to fear that. Um but yeah, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's a combination of parenting, um, easy access to social media, easy access to like, like nowadays it's like, you know, if you're going to get a beat down, everyone just gets their phones out, you know? And it's just like, you instantly go viral. Um, so I, I guess maybe that that's played a, um, kind of a massive part. But, you know, obviously I'm a lot older than you guys, but have you have you two guys been in like, you know, quote unquote lad, lad groups, like going out and about in town and, um uh, things like that yeah i think i think i would to be fair I, I think i think a lot of a lot of people sort of our age really would would say you know not like lads but you know you you're all in sort of groups of of male friendship groups and yeah you go out on the town and things but it's it's i suppose that that's that's where you sort of start maturing and, and think what sort of behaviour isn't acceptable? Because I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot on Twitter and things about, um, or the the Me Too movement and, and sort of calling out your lads on on sort of poor behaviour. And I know we sort of all sit there and say, oh, well, no, none of my, none of my friends would sexually assault someone, or you know, all, all of that sort of side of things. And we can all sit there and say, no, all, all of my friends are really good and things. I'm, I'm always on always on good behaviour, if you like when we're out in the town. Um, but I, I think we had a similar thing with, with the sort of Black Lives Matter thing, where it's sort of that, that silence is violence, you know, that, um, that not saying anything and, and turning a blind eye to sort of the things that go on or not speaking up about it and not sort of making, making everyone aware of how, especially how women are treated out in clubs and things, is, is something that, that is, is a serious issue in, in, in today's society, especially when we're all going out to, to town and things. Yeah. I, I was going to go on to that. Have, have you guys ever had to call out a friend on something, that, on an action like that? Fortunately not. I don't know if it, anyone else has, but... Not even, even to say, so say not, not obviously on the action, but maybe they're making some derogatory comments or things like that. Have you had to step in and be like, no, like that's not acceptable, or, or generally, broadly speaking, are your group quite good at that? We're all pretty, pretty good to be honest. I've, I've just started to notice. I think after sort of all the, all the sort of noise on Twitter about it, I've just started to notice things that um, are making me a little bit more uncomfortable than than I would have ever realised. Um, and this is where I'm, I'm, I'm starting, I'm starting to have to say, hang about. Um, What's what's sort of the right and wrong here? Like, what what's what am I sort of allowing to slide, and what am I going to start step in and say, you know, you you you're being a bit too hard on the roast here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 
because I was going to say I a while ago I went out on a walk with some friends and they were making tournaments and I, I obviously like you say it wasn't necessarily derogatory or whatever but I was like like you say I was on that bit like I don't know where I stand here so I was like right I don't think it's acceptable that what you're saying sort of thing and I think you've got to sort of stop and to me I think that was quite a defining moment because I think I could have easily just stayed quiet and just, like, just brushed it under the carpet, do you know what I mean? But I think to actually be like, no, like what you're saying isn't really appropriate and you don't know how the other people are going to think about it and how they're going to feel if they heard you sort of thing. And for me, I found that quite a, a weird experience, but it's something that's I think everyone needs to do because everyone's going to feel weird at the start, but it's something that people need to start doing because like you said, the silence is violence. Is that like a group of friends that you've known for a while or you know that that's their kind of pattern behavior or is it just that one-off or they consider it like banter or something? It's not really banter. So the example was, so when I, I obviously called them out, they were saying, um, cause we had just walked past someone who was saying how he'd just been arrested for like GBH or something. And um, obviously overheard that conversation. So they were like, oh, would you rather us be like that person? And I was like, well, neither of it's acceptable, really. So you either, and to be fair, I haven't actually seen them since that day. So defining <laughs> moment then in a friendship. Really on... <laughs> yeah, it shows they don't want to go on a walk anymore. <laughs> I, I guess like, you know, like, when you grow up, like uh, one thing you'll know, like especially when you get to that kind of like, your later twenties or, or kind of my age, um, you kind of you you don't have that many friends, or you you be very selective of who you do interact with. Um, and one thing I found really funny was like you know like um, when I was getting married, everyone was just go, everyone was saying um, like people at work or wherever they're like, oh, are you going to get your your weekend with the lads? And I'm thinking like, I I, I don't, I've never really operated that way, but why is like why do people view marriage as like a bad thing like you know ball and chain uh, and all that you know like people make well some people make I guess conscious choice to get married and you know the, 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 it's not a part time kind of obligation where yeah I'm married five days a week but Saturday and Sunday is for the boys um, I've never really understood that um, mindset um, and uh, you know like you're you're married to that person you're making a lifelong commitment. And it should be that, you know, you're happy to be in each other's companies like 24-7. Um, but I guess I guess some people are different. But th- that's one thing I've always taken away from kind of lad um, mentality or lad culture is like, you know, down the boozer with, with your lads on the Saturday and Sunday and f- forget the missus. Um, it's, it's a strange way of thinking. Um, but I guess, again, maybe it's just from the background of culture I'm, I'm from. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I'd, I've never really experienced that um guys you know the, the comments etc because obviously with, with the people that i uh hang around with i guess um the, the, you know running different circles um what you call like a religious nut in it so probably helps explain a few things that's interesting that you just tied it to football actually i, I hadn't thought about that comparison when you think about lad culture and uh yeah you've got the ball in chain and 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 the, the saturdays with the boys down the boozer yeah uh, yeah, you could tie I'm, that I'm, yeah, definitely not, to football. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's 100% exclusive football, but, uh, you know, from from the people, from my experience, I guess, or the people I've interacted with, I think football is heavily influenced. 
Um, like, I, honestly, I don't, I don't understand how, you know, like there are some people out there that go to every home game, every away game, every cup game, just every single game, every weekend. And um, I remember once I went to one um, game at Southampton. I came back and had a massive headache. I was like, I can't imagine doing this, you know, every week, week in, week out, um, like either going up in a coach or a car. Like there are some people that will do like uh, Newcastle away on a Tuesday evening for a cup game. And I can't, I can't get my head around that. Um, but I guess, I guess, you know, people who love football and they have a passion for it, they, it's, it's their life, isn't it? But I just, I really can't get my head around doing that. I would if I had the money, to be fair. But I'm not, not, <laughs> not a hooligan. <laughs> I'm, I'm not... So speaking of football, shout-outs to Claude. May you rest Oh, in yeah. Peace. Oh, well, oh rest... Yeah, That's rest really in peace, Claude. That was... That was... Re- that, yeah, because I sent that to Phil this morning. That was really sad because, obviously, I'm an Arsenal fan um, and I have been for a while. And from rumours and stuff that I've had, it, it sounds like Claude passed due to suicide. And I think he was one of those people that was obviously getting, he was getting a lot of hate, wasn't he, from potentially like these sorts of lads sort of as such, quote unquote, who were obviously ripping into him for his opinion on football. But I, we, it's like we're sort of going, growing up in that generation where if you have an opinion that's different to the majority, whilst it's easier to be accepted it's also considerably easier to get sort of victimised for that opinion as well. Yeah, let let, let me put this past you. Okay, so do you guys know that he got um, removed from the channel last year, right? Okay, so he made a uh, derogatory comment. He called um, Son, Huming Song, he he called him um, a a DVD, which is like a racial slur or derogatory term for... um, uh, to that kind of uh, people from the far east um now my question to you guys is obviously like you know that that group AFTV they're, they're lads aren't they they seem like they're they all have banter they all go to the same kind of games uh, together and they're all obviously feature on the channel if the cameras weren't rolling because he seemed very comfortable saying that in front of you know whoever was in the room if the cameras cameras weren't rolling like you know Robbie wouldn't have called him out would he um he wouldn't have had him removed because obviously I think Arsenal fan TV has been sponsored by uh, Ladbrokes or some sort of betting agency or and they have other sponsors. And obviously when, when he made that comment, it was picked up live on the stream and then people complained and the, and the sponsors said to Robbie, probably like, you know, you got to drop him. You can't have him on. Um, that's obviously why they got rid of him. But in terms of like lad culture, like that banter, as they call it, would, would have been acceptable and gone on. Um, but I think only because he got caught out he, you know, they had to make like a bit of an example of him. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like a lot of the people you see on there, on these sorts of shows, not specifying like Arsenal fan TV, but you've got all of the channels. The people on there are again tying. If we tie it back to the toxic masculinity thing, they are the sorts of people that you you, you apply a stereotype to. If I, if that's the correct way to put yeah. it, do you know what I mean? But 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 saying that, you know, like we we probably maybe a little bit overgeneralised that lad culture is within um you know football related um kind of instances. I'll tell you what, man. I've heard I've heard stories um about you know like City of London bankers. Um, when they go yeah. out, man, they are that that's that is the toxic 
cesspit of masculinity, that group of people, man. Some of the stories I've he- heard is like, you know, th- th- they'll go out to a bar or a club and like, you know, if they if they see a woman that they want and she's playing like, you know, like she doesn't like want to interact with them. So they'll get out like a roll of 50s, like a couple of grand. So, you know, come here, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll pay for you, whatever, this and that. And they, they really, really objectify women. So it's like, it's weird. It's like on, you, you would consider both ends of society. Like if you consider like um, lads that go to football as like kind of one end of the kind of socioeconomical ladder, and then right up the other end, you have these kind of banker lads that, you know, every two or three days they'll go out to blow steam, do cocaine, um, you know, do, do wild, wild shit. And it, that is the same as well. Like if you're a junior banker and you're with these senior dudes and, um, you know, if, if, if they say something that you don't like, you can't really say anything against it because that's your job on the line. That's your livelihood on the line. So um, it, like the stakes get higher as um, I guess your kind of group or wherever you're involved in gets a little bit higher as well. So it goes right up to the top of the social economical ladder as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, no, no, no. Oh, you, Karen Louie. Um, I was going to say, have you seen industry on Hell BBC no. iPlayer? Oh, that, that looks quite good. That's about the bankers, isn't it? Give it a... Or the, the interns. Yeah, give it a watch. Cause it brings... Yeah, yeah, that's it. Give it a watch. Because there's one point that I wanted to bring up, like, leading off from that. Is do you think that um, toxic masculinity is a thing in the workplace? And do you think that there is that mass... There is a gender gap as such? within the corporate industries and maybe even just work in general yeah definitely um as, as you say sort, sort of the whole banking um that, that that sort of whole sector as soon, as soon as you get on the other end of the spectrum you know you've got football lads and and the, the upper classes if you like all the the better paid jobs is this the problem is sort of endemic with with men as a whole of how we view women how we objectify them how we sort of sexualize women um, or over-sexualize. Um, so it's, it, it doesn't seem to matter what profession you're in, what sort of background of life. Men as a whole are doing these things because of the sort of <clears throat> climate that we've we've been brought up in, that, that we sort of perpetuate. And that's that's the thing that, that sort of, of course, gives grounds to sort of toxic masculinity, you know. But but you you know what's really like interesting is that you know you know on the news when we hear um, and you might have seen this on social media posts in the comment section I, I always read comment sections because sometimes they come up with some really funny one-liners but you know like in the news where it's like a male like forty-year-old teacher had a sexual relationship with a like a fifteen-year-old girl and he's been classed as like a pedo he's he's gone down sentenced lost his job everything yeah but when you flip it and it's like a 30-year-old teacher that looks, you know, attractive and she had sexual relationship with a 15, 16-year-old, all the comments from lads are like, get in, son, go get it. You know, like, why did you um, ruin a good thing and, and things like that? And it's just incredible the kind of the hypocrisy or how, you know, people don't brand the female teacher as a like a sex predator or, or a paedophile. But when it's a male teacher, it's like, yeah, he's, he's a sexual predator, predator, paedophile, poor girl. When it's the other way around, it's like, yeah, go on, lad, you know, get in there. And it's like, can you picture, you know, like a group of ladies uh, in a nightclub or a pub or whatever, like, a, like kind of 
doing the same, I guess, to a guy, like objectifying a guy. Oh, yeah, he looks fit, you know, throwing money at him, like, come here, you know, take your take your shirt off and things like that. It's weird. It just doesn't have the same effect, does it, when you think about it? I think, of course, of course, probably there's there's women out there who would do the same and sort of, you know, treat men like objects the same. But I think the difference is that women en masse don't sexually assault men or don't make comments that are inappropriate um, en masse. So if you, if you think about the scale of problems, of course, there's always going to be a flip side. There's always going to be that one woman who's sort of chat, chatting, chatting all, all, all sorts about men in general. But yeah. Uh, have you ever had like comments thrown your way if you're out and about in like town or like club or wherever? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been sort of touched in, you know, the never regions by, by girls in clubs. And it's, it's, it's disgusting. But the, the thing is, whether it's a man or woman doing it, whatever, whoever's doing it, it is wrong. But that is what it is. Man, that's that's straight up sexual assault, man. It is, it is. And then you get all, obviously you, you get all the boys saying, sort of, no, no. If if this if this was a woman doing this, or if this was on the other foot, you'd be in prison. But it's like until until we start, everyone starts sort of bringing awareness to people's boundaries and you know respecting the line and you, you shouldn't touch anyone um in in, yeah. in a way that they don't want and yeah, that should be it i i've seen this thing like a few years back um like if if a woman's having like trouble example in like a pub or a nightclub or whatever in the toilets there's like a secret code for like a like a, a drink i guess and i don't know you go up to the bartender and you say i want to like a like a bloody mary, or it's like a really obscure drink that no one ever orders, and it and it kind of is code for like call the police or something, or uh, escort me back to my car or or something like that. So I think like places have these kind of systems in place where you can kind of notify uh, like the staff, etc., that you're being hounded or harassed. Um, the but... fact that they've even got these things in place is a little bit like messed up, man. Yeah, it's a little bit mad, isn't it? Absolute madness. I mean, like, so what do you what do you think can like kind of solve this issue of this kind of uh, masculinity, um, toxic masculinity? I, I think I was, I was reading something the other day. Maybe it was a YouTube video on where sort of the sexualization of of women actually comes from, and um, it can tie it back to sort of contraception. And um, so, sort of when when sort of the the pill and, and condoms were invented, then you've got all this. You know, you don't have to think about repercussions after having sex. So that gave rise to, like, you know, the Hugh Hefners and the Playboy and even, like, Tiger Woods. Yeah, they're always surrounded by beautiful women and loads of money. And, and that, that's that's the sort of type of guy that people idolise, especially men will idolise. You know, you, you're surrounded by beautiful women all the time. And you start to think, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that looks really good. But to to switch it, you need to think that you need to be getting 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 connected with in individuals we we do need definitely some more um a, a better a better conversation with who we're actually looking up to you know we can't be looking up to the Hugh Hefners and 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 the sort of the how, how many girls can you have sex with if because that, that that's that's where sort of the the boundaries aren't respected you know 
Yeah, absolutely. Just completely uh, objectifying it. But um, yeah, and it's, overall, it's an educational thing, then, isn't it? As such, it's more identifying from a young age where potential issues lie and say, like, nip it in the bud straight away. And like you say, getting those the correct role models and developing things from there, I guess. And it's gonna it will obviously take time. It's one of those things that inevitably you have to sort of it's a generational thing, you have to sort of rule it out, don't you? Yeah, man. It's like um you know the um the abduction and murder of that um lady, uh, Sarah Everand, I think her name is. Because um, a lot of people were saying that, you know, like majority of women that do go through like abuse or assaults in clubs and things like that is because you know they're you know the, the argument is from the other side is that they're provocative or they dress a certain way it's, it's bullshit it's just like a, a cop-out really and you know a lot of people were saying that that woman from london you know she was d- dressed you know like your full full clothes jeans a bright lit jacket and you know she was on the phone to her boyfriend like you know she, she was doing the correct things and right things when walking home alone and she still got you know, like uh, abducted, and sadly she was uh, uh, killed for that. Um, it's just a, it's just a bullshit argument, really, uh, to say that you know they're provocative, etc. Um, I just think, I mean, ultimately, it's, it's down to it's the actions that take place because you shouldn't have to do something a certain way or go a certain way to prevent it. You should just be able to go home normally, shouldn't you? Like there shouldn't be any rules you have to follow you shouldn't have to have your keys yeah, man. In your exactly. sort of thing. I, i'm really 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 it's... interested in like the police officers or uh, the, the motive of the guy like was it random did he know her um because i'm thinking like he rocked up on her in an un- unmarked car and flashed his badge and like um you know what are you doing out in the streets you know uh, you better get in the car and because you know what? that makes you think like if a copper rolls up on you flashes the badges by himself you're thinking like you know do, do i trust this person like what the fuck do i do it's interesting. If if you Google uh, Sarah Everard, um, nothing about the actual case comes up. It's all um, how the how the police acted in the vigil. You know, there was a, arresting random um, women for protesting for basically nothing, freedom of speech. But that that that's plastered all over the news. But about the actual case and about what's happened to the the policeman and and what what they're what they're doing about it, nowhere. Yeah, it just seems really random. That's that's really interesting. That is. Well, I suppose tinfoil hats. You can say like, maybe there, maybe there's a cover up. They're just doing that classic. Let's make a bigger news story out of this other distraction, diversion tactic. You know. That's the thing. It's like it's like Grenfell. What, what's happening oh, I with think that? the inquiry's still going on. Like, um, I, they're all going it's... prison. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, from a um, from an engineering construction standpoint, um, I think you know they have to look at who constructed it, and they have to look at the responsibilities of. It's going to get boring, but the principal designers and the principal contractor, because they have a health and safety obligation that whatever they put in um, doesn't endanger the occupants. And then it obviously, seemed that the uh, it seems like the cladding was the the kind of the issue of why it went up the way it did. Um, but obviously, I think the initial issue was like some sort of electrical mal- malfunction with one of the compliances. Or, or I don't know which, which floor it started on. Um, but it's yeah, no, it's it's really sad. And like, yeah, you you it it was just flavor of the week, wasn't it? In a, in, a, in a sad kind of way that 
you know, a lot of people are talking about it. And I think the government has acted. I think they, they've taken out a majority of cladding around the UK that was put on high-rise tower blocks. Um, but, yeah, ma massively, like, like they, they haven't explained, like, maybe it'll come out in the trial, but what the policeman's connection was with... Um, with with Sarah was or maybe there wasn't any and it was just literally a random uh, abduction um because i think i read somewhere that the land that they found her body on was owned by the policeman like it was his own land and some people were suggesting maybe he was like planning like to be a serial killer and using the job as a kind of dis disguise and you know i guess he'll be perfectly well placed but um i think on platforms like this we have to kind of mention that he's um uh, he's, he's still considered, I guess, innocent until proven guilty. So, you know, we can't say for definite that he did it. We're just saying he's, he's just been he's just been charged with um, with the murder pending uh, kind of a trial. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose at this point, it sort of gives gives us the perfect opportunity to sort of end today's episode and pick up the conspiracy side of things another day, because I think I can speak for all of us and we can see we can keep going and talk for ages. T but again, Tim Paul, hats. Um, get, get your hats out. Quite late. So wait, I've, I've, I've yeah. got a few questions for Lewis. Yeah, exactly. um, date crate. Um, is it a, sorry, from, from my, my perspective, when I first heard about it, Rohit told me about it. He didn't tell me what it's about exactly. Just told me the name. Is it a dating app or is it like um, you, you send like a, like a, like, is it, from what I'm gathered from the name, you send a parcel to a house. So yeah, it's it's a box for we do movie nights at the minute, or uh, however you want to spend your evening. Really, we we'll, we we'll send all all your all your snacks, all your foods, um, make make it a little bit romantic. We've got some some little thoughtful gestures in there, and we'll deliver it straight to your door. You have a good night. Romance, yeah, bring the love, share the love. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it like mystery packages or is it something you can choose like what goes in it's uh it's so there's only one at the minute but obviously um look, looking into making it a little bit more customizable we've, we've got um a card game coming out which will which will help people communicate talk about their problems feelings have a bit of a laugh you know yeah there's, there's a couple of things in the work exciting things to come yeah man sounds wicked Definitely. Do you want to plug your oh, yeah. crowdfunding? Yeah. Crowdfunding. Well? Um, oh, I'll tell you what. If, if if you go to my Instagram um, at the date crate UK, uh, it's in the bio of uh, my Instagram. Run it up. You guys know what to do. Um, be sure to show it some love. And before we go, there's always <laughs> one question we ask: If you could have a dinner party with three people, any three people, dead alive. Um, fictional, non-fictional. Who are you picking? Oh, me, you, and uh, and Phil. <laughs> <laughs> nice we'll and have, easy. We'll have more good talks. <laughs> that, that was a order ourselves a date crate for that one. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 someone can cook. It's a dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> right. Get hey. Phil's pizza. Yeah, no, you know, like um, you know, like. Um, uh, the, the rules of relaxing so you can have like people over in your garden i'll um i'll, I'll hook up the pizza oven in it soon and we'll, we'll get some get some pizzas out man because some of the nights are looking pretty cool i think it's gonna be a really shit weekend uh this week but i think 
hopefully should heat up in the next couple of weeks. Maybe get some nice weather like tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be scorchier, man. Yeah, hottest day of the year, isn't it? Yeah, Buzzing. it's going to be nice, man. It's going to be nice. I hope you plan your days and use it well. Um, my my qu- my question is, um, Lewis, to you is, what is your Mount Rushmore? So, top four um, of like condiments or, or sauces to put on like a burger. Oh, you know what? Rogue choice, Caesar sauce. Um, I'm loving it at the minute on everything, with everything. Um, I, I like I like make my own lemon mayo, bit of pepper in it, mayo, lemon juice. Put that on loads of stuff. Um, Thousand Island and Chipotle as well. If it's a burger, they're they're, they're two really nice sauces. Can't go wrong with Chipotle. Man, no, uh, the, I, I went for a phase of using uh, Paul Newman's ranch uh, dressing. Oh yeah, ranch is good. I used to work in Subway. Oh so man, I used to, ranch, I used to lather the, the ranch on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, thank you guys for listening. Thank you again to Louis for joining the podcast today. Remember, run up the date crate. Be sure to take check out the crowdfunding. Check out the actual crate itself. Um, check some love, and we will catch you guys on the next episode Peace. next week. Cheers. See ya. See Thanks you later. For